I'm Jeremy Roden. I'm here today with David Barnett. Um, he's a probation officer here in Lynchburg. He's going to tell us a little bit about his job, and we're going to have a little bit of interview time with him to get to know his job better um, and his role in the criminal justice system. So will you please tell me your name and your official title? Yeah, my name is David Barnett. I'm a, uh, officially titled as a probation and parole officer. Uh, I've been specifically assigned to do uh, pre-sentence investigations, which are background investigations on convicted felons before they go to court for sentencing. Okay. Um, let's see. In your work group um, that you work with, what are the, who are the people you work with? Like judge, um, maybe the lawyers. What what specific is your role in regards to working with them? Well, of course, the people I work most with are the people in the office who are also probation and parole officers who have a a caseload of clients that they supervise. Uh, but but outside the office, I work with defense attorneys and I work with the not with the judges, but I work with the defense attorneys, the prosecuting attorneys, uh, a lot of court clerks, uh, people associated with the court system. Okay. Um, what specialized training um, did you need for this position? Well, to be a probation and parole officer, you take the same training as a police officer takes because you're going to be involved in the same kinds of situations. Uh, we like to say that uh, police officers, when they come upon someone, they don't know whether they're a, a convicted criminal or a criminal at all. But a probation officer, everyone that he or she deals with is a convicted criminal. So we know exactly who we're dealing with all the time. So that so we have to be trained in that respect. And then every year, a probation and parole officer has to take 40 hours of additional training uh, in their field in order to stay qualified to be uh, working for the state. Okay. Um, what are some common misconceptions that the public brings to the criminal justice system, um, in particular your job? What are some misconceptions? Well, I've seen a few uh, uh, television shows that portray a probation and parole officer, which would indicate that their primary job is to catch their client doing something wrong and put them back in prison. Uh, in reality, uh, I used to tell my clients, if you now have me as a probation officer, you have a new uncle. And that means you tell me everything that's going on in your life because the public wants us to, to monitor what these people are doing all the time, even though we might not see them, but once every month or every two months, they want to know what, we're, what they're doing. So we, we say you must tell us if you're going to move, if you're going to uh, change your job, if you're going to, uh, if you get in a fight with your girlfriend, certainly if you have any contact with police officers, we need to know those things. And we do check frequently to see if they have new charges or new have been arrested for anything, that's, that's our job. But our job primarily is to get them through the probationary period without going back to prison. Right, okay. Um, will you um, briefly speak on the sentencing guidelines and mandatory sentencing that uh, Virginia has? Uh, Virginia has a very organized legal system. Uh, at, the, at the end of the pre-sentence report, which is the investigation of the person's background, there is a, a set of guidelines which merely tells the judge what other judges in other counties or other jurisdictions are doing to defendants who have committed the same crime with essentially the same criminal history. Uh, so it, it allows the judges leeway, but not much leeway, because they have to be within that, that uh, guideline low, medium, and high range. If they go below the range, they've got to, to address that in the sentencing. If they go above the guidelines, they have to address that in the sentencing too. Uh, but it's, it keeps the judges more or less giving out the same sentences no matter whether you're in Rockingham County or whether you're in Lynchburg or whether you're in whatever county you're in. Uh, the, as far as the, uh, 
uh, mandatory sentencing, the legislature of Virginia has established certain uh, mandatory sentences which they feel like a person should get irregardless of what the circumstances are in the case and irregardless of what the judge might think. And uh, unfortunately, the, the judges can't do anything with mandatory sentences except issue them out. And uh, there are certain crimes that call for mandatory sentences, uh, all the way from driving under the influence third offense to uh, uh, carrying a weapon when you're a convicted felon. Okay, in your role, what are some of the benefits and also some of the challenges that you experience? Well, unfortunately, when you have a, when you have a person commit a crime, uh, we like to say, and it's, it's, it's true, it, there's victims everywhere. You have the victim of the crime, but you also have the family of that person that is also going to suffer because they're not there to be able to provide for the family. Uh, the, the embarrassment that goes along with what they did that comes to their family. So there's victims all over the place uh, as far as, as crimes uh, when a person commits crime. We try to deal with the families of, of people that come to us which is when we get them is after they've been sentenced. Uh, when people come to us, we try to deal with them, with their family, to try to help them find jobs. We try to help them find uh, places to live. Uh, we try to help them with their, uh, if they have emotional problems, we put them in that kind of, uh, to, to see if they can be helped emotionally. Uh, if they have uh, drug problems, which many of them do, then we have drug classes that we set up for that, for them to be treated for drugs. So we do what we can to help them get through that 18 months. Okay. Um, in the, the work groups you work with, um, which said not many judges and stuff, but you work with the attorney, with the um, court clerk, those kind of things. What are some of the benefits of working with a group like that? Well, they, they know the importance of the pre-sentence report. They, uh, and, and I tell people when they come in to do their pre-sentence report, if they didn't have the report, all of those people are going to know about the person is the what they look like uh, and what crime they committed. They're not going to know anything more than that. And that would pretty well be a problem to attorneys, to defense attorneys and to uh, prosecuting attorneys if they didn't know any more than that. Because uh, as I say, you could, you could almost put that into a computer if that's all you're going to use is the person's uh, appearance and their gender and the crime they committed. But there's a lot more to it than that. And the pre-sentence report uh, lets the attorneys know to, uh, the good things and the bad things. They, they know if they've done well in school, they also know if they've done poorly in school. And they've also, if they've done any exceptional things like work, uh, the judges want to know that. And while the judges don't have a whole lot of contact with us, they are our boss. They are the probation and parole officer's boss. They confirm us. And so they, they, they do want to know these things. And the pre-sentence report plays a very active role in a court sentencing. Okay. Um... What role do you play in regard to the defendants and the citizens? Well, as I say, the, when the defendant comes out of uh, the courtroom, he's been sentenced to something. He's either been sentenced to, to serve some time in prison, and then he's on probation, or he just comes out on straight probation. But we, that's when we take over on their case, is when they're released from the courthouse to come to probation, or the jail to come to probation. And our role is to simply make them good citizens, try to make them pro-social, uh, try to address any problems they have with drugs or alcohol or, or any, any, any problems that would arise with their employment. Uh, a lot of people have difficulty with employment because of felony convictions. Uh, so we address all that and we try to take the entire package and uh, 
make them just realize that there's other ways other than committing crimes. Okay. Um, how accurate are movies and television regarding the criminal justice system? The, I think the, the biggest thing is uh, how easy it seems to be in the movies to uh, define the, the next sequence to the case, whereas uh, in reality, a lot of the, our cases are solved by the public coming forward and giving information to the police about things. Uh, the, the, the sequence just seems to flow so nicely in movies, and that makes it for a good movie, but it doesn't make for reality. The reality is that police sometimes have no clues until the public has come forth and, and given clues in a particular case to, to allow police to focus their, their investigations in that direction. Okay, um, how many clients do you have um, that you work with? Is it a small number, is it a large number? Well, as a pre-sentence person, you're assigned cases that are due in court some six weeks from the time they're assigned. So at any one time, I'll have probably 45 people that I'm working on their cases, but they, they're not all due in court at the same time. Generally, it's five to seven a week that are due in court. A probation officer generally has about 75 to 80 cases that they're working with at any one time uh, where they're supervising the case. I don't supervise cases. I simply talk to the people at the beginning and then do background investigations based on that information and write the report. So I only see them one time when I, and then I see them again in court because I do go to court. Okay, well thank you for being with us today. It's very enlightening and uh, on your role as pre-sentencing. I really appreciate it. You're welcome.